Okay, it's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street. Wayfair is a restaurant as well as being a bar where they serve handcrafted food and spirits. They put fine dining into a sandwich and they put fine booze into a glass. They have a three-hour happy hour here every day from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And they also now have brunch on Saturday and Sunday, which is all new since Andrew Duhon left and went to the UK and came back. Andrew, welcome back. Thanks, dude. You look exactly the same. Thanks. Even younger, somehow. I got a haircut. You got a haircut, that's what it was. Where'd you get it in London or here? Here. Really? Why didn't you get your haircut in London where it must be in euros, I guess? Yeah, because then it's It's 1.5 times more expensive. Oh, really? Is it really one? (laughs) Is it really? Are you making. Well, well, aren't you making 1.5 times the amount of money that you'd make on. yeah, Ferret Street? Sort of, but you sell a CD over there, they want to buy it for 10 pounds, and you can sell it for $15 over here, so no. Really? Front. But so the, the cost of CDs is cheaper in Europe no, and the, the UK? No, Exchange rate-wise, it's the same, because you're paying 10 pounds, which, if you were to exchange for dollars, would be about 15 bucks. Okay, I'm totally lost. So already. I thought that would be good. So you're you making $15, but you're only being paying 10 pounds. Well, I oh, see so you have to spend. But I make $15 in the States, because that's what I charge, is $15 for a CD yeah. in the States. Okay. But, in but the that's UK, 10 pounds. Yeah. So if you bought the 10 pounds back here, you'd have $15. Right. So same. you're not losing anything. No. So you know what you need? You need a bigger truck. Why, why does the truck involve? I don't know. Put the CDs in. Megan Harwell is here as well. <laughs> Hi, Megan. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Nice to meet you. Joe Toman is here as well. Thank you. Hi, Joe. Pleasure to be here. Scoot on in so oh, we can yeah, hear you. Little, that's little it. That's good. And John Hatchett is here as well. The, that's right. From nice the uh, eponymous John Hatchett Band. That's right. Nice to meet you. How many people <laughs> in the John Hatchet band? Um, anywhere from three to six. Three to six. What or a weird coincidence sometimes. that you'd be able to join a band that has your name in it. Yeah, that is a weird coincidence. So congratulations yeah, on that. Out like that. That's nice. Yeah. It was well, where does the John Hatchet band play? Um, well, we play at St. Rock every Monday night, but um, and St. Rock at that place where they serve food now. Well, no, the St. Rock Tavern, which is next door to that. Okay. Um, we play there every Monday night, but not for August. That'll start up again in September. In September 2015. Go on tour. I guess that's what year it is. So Okay. Yeah. Well, people listen to these shows, you know, oh, yeah. back and forth. So if you're listening to this, they could have listened to it in the past. Yeah. They could have been listening in 2014. And then we wouldn't have even had 2015 yet. So they wouldn't have. Were you playing in there in 2014 as well? Um, actually, I was, so I guess that, that So it would have been work. fine. That it would have worked fine. out great. How did fine. you get the gig there at the St. Rock Tavern? Well, I'm friends with the bartender, Miss uh, Martha Wood. She, um, Miss she's Martha also Wood. a you country have to, singer. Do you have to call her Miss Martha? Um, I guess, yeah, you, you do. I wouldn't you do. I wouldn't try anything uh, else. And she's a country singer as well? She is, And yep. you're a sort of Western Swing guy or something? Something like that, Western Swing, country okay. rockabilly, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to make you play. Wait, should we start off with a song? Yeah, I, guess I like that. I like when that we? happens. What do you say, Joe? Yeah, I think I'm ready to Megan, we'll start off with a song. What the hell? We never do that. All right, I we guess did I that, better go get my We did that once then. before, yeah. and that was the day we got struck by lightning. Okay. Did that happen? Remember that? Yeah, no. I don't know if that really ever happened or not, or that was just was like a headache. Mm. That's kind of what happens when you get struck by lightning. Yeah, though, yeah. I guess yeah. you would get a terrible headache if you got yeah. struck by lightning. Right. Yeah. It's a little amnesia. Could you survive? Of course. I think some people do. People have. What kind of people? 
the lucky ones. What are the chances of surviving? One in eight. Zero. <laughs> Zero percent. Zero? And I'm sure so people do survive, right? Me, Megan, you're not a statistician, are you? You're an attorney, right? Correct. And Joe, you're, what do you do? I'm a writer. You're a writer? Yeah. I've got a fantastic bio about you, which I'm going to get to in a minute. John, what are you going to play here? I think I'm going to play a song called uh, Oh No Hobo. Oh No Hobo. It's an experience that my friend um, went through on a freight train in not Mississippi about a couple of years ago. A real, act, an about. actual hobo. Well, um, I guess so. You have know. a friend who's an actual hobo who hops freight trains in Mississippi. Well... That's almost too good to be true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what actual and not actual are anymore, but... It's art, bro. It's art, man. Well, actual are things that happened in the present or past or future. Well, yes, in that case. Okay. Affirmative. All right, here's the song. Mine ran the NS line, they was rambling and smiling, riding high. Got off on Meridian, got back on again, it was the wrong train, headed over to Jackson. Got off again, start looking around, nothing around, they miles and miles from town. Walking and walking, what did they find? A little car by the river where they could go hide. Oh no, something's wrong, all the hateful faces staring them down. Friends was just sitting there looking around, minding their own business, putting their packs down. Oh no, something's wrong, like I've never seen no hobo before. Way out there in the wasted land, they don't want no strangers hanging around. Patrons there don't so good one staring at the wall not saying a word they found out in the back room with the cleansing rebel photo and the folks playing pool hideaway is where people go to hate out loud ain't no place for a hobo trying to have a good time oh no something's wrong i've been never seen no hobo before way out there in the wasted land they don't want no strangers hanging around KKK is sad and they always wrong. They ain't got no railroad, they ain't got no song. Yes. That is an excellent right. start to happy hour. John Hatchet from the John Hatchet Band. Thank you so much. And I see you uh, still My pleasure. have a flip phone that says Samsung on it. I do. What, I have year, a flip what, phone. Year, what year was that made, do you think? I'd have to call the manufacturer. I, Let's I, do I it. We have time. All right. Look at that. that. I've never seen that. It's a tiny little flip phone. That's yeah. really great. And it still works. It still works. Yeah. I'm waiting to get a phone call so I can show you guys what kind of crazy okay. stuff comes through there. That's going to be great. <laughs> who's who's calling? Does it have caller ID or whatever that's called? It has called? caller ID. Yep. So we'll be able to see it who does it is. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes that's it's cool. just unknown. That is a good song. That's a song about being a stranger in Mississippi, which is a bad thing to be. That must have happened to you, I'm sure. I've been a stranger in Mississippi before. Yeah. What yeah. happened to you? Where did you get off the... Well, this, this song is about uh, some people that got on the wrong train, went to Jackson, and then they ended up at this um, at this bar that it was just like kind of a you know one of those in between places in the middle of nowhere, and they they people stared at them as they walked in. They couldn't really tell what was wrong until they went into the back room and there was this huge mural of a KKK like freight train. A KKK freight train. Which is they had their own freight train. They, oh. they don't, as far as I know. Ship and, KKK uh, people around. Yeah. Yeah. So then they were like, "Oh, that's why this place 
feel so weird. You know, I guess it's just a story about with no real uh, conclusive ending, just being in yeah. in that middle ground where that, that's happened. To, I bet that has that happened to you, Andrew. You ever walk into a place in Mississippi where they all stop and stare at you in the bar? Yeah, but not me too. With the KKK train in the back pool room, uh, I never know? had yeah. that. Joe, have you ever had that happen to you? No, I have not. Although I did uh, just go into a place in Kiln, Mississippi, the other day that uh, had a enormous uh, Confederate flag over the top. It's called the Broke Spoke. Yeah. yeah. What were you doing in, in Kiln, Mississippi? Stopping by. Uh, at a gas station, on the on the way through, it, uh, right across the street had the uh, had the uh, bar called the Broke Spoke, and I can't resist going into a dive bar. So you can't resist it. I can't. Really? Uh. What did you have to drink in there? Uh, I asked what they had for beer, and I was told all they had was beer. So and <laughs> so, so I ended up That's with uh, one of the Lazy Magnolias. I think they produced okay. it right there. And you and sat there. down in the bar and had a beer with, yeah, the, with the locals at the Broke Spoke. It was the 4th of July, so I was the only person in the bar besides the bartender. Well, that's a sad situation. You, huh. were, you were by yourself in a car in Kiln, Mississippi on the 4th of July. Well, it was actually me and two other folks. It was uh, your cousin Dimitri from WOZ okay. and my girlfriend Angie. And okay, we that's pretty by. good. So, so you and your girlfriend Angie took cousin Dimitri off from WOZ out for a drive. Yeah, yeah we, had, we headed out to Biloxi, but we stopped through Kiln on the way. Okay. And what made you take your cousin Dimitri with you on a romantic 4th of July weekend? I think it was more his idea than mine because he's a big fan of kitsch. And uh, there's a gas station right off the uh, right off the exit there in Killen, Mississippi that has a huge memorial to Brett Favre. That's I bet where there is. is. <laughs> wow. He's from. And so cousin Dimitri wanted to go out and see <laughs> the Brett Favre the Brett mural. Favre. And your girlfriend Angie said that would be great. Yeah, yeah, well, she didn't exactly say that. but She uh, didn't. She said, why does fucking cousin Dimitri ride. have to come with us it every goddamn like that. Was and there anybody barbecuing at the Brett Favre Memorial for 4th of July or anything like that? To be honest with you, it took only five minutes for somebody to come up to us and let us know that they were Brett Favre's second cousin. Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> nice. It did take about two minutes. And Cousin Dimitri about five is minutes. actually, is he from Russia, actually? Or does he just have an accent or something? Uh, he is Greek. Greek? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they wouldn't mind that over there, would they? Although he claims he's from Tuscaloosa, so I might have just <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. Okay. <laughs> he's got a definite accent. I thought he was Russian with a name like Dimitri, but I guess that could be Greek as well, right? Greek, yeah, apparently. Did you go to Greece? Andrew, on no. this trip? No. Where did you go? Just, just the UK. UK? Because <laughs> sometimes you go to Spain on these joints. Yeah, yeah but not so, this time. So tell us what happened in the UK. Uh, You know, same thing that happens every year. Get Pretty off sh- in London and take the train uh, Midlands and maybe as far north as Liverpool, I think, this time. And um, yeah, you play, Do you shows. play in Liverpool? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Did you go to any Beatles memorabilia? No, I didn't have time in a lot of the places. Um, maybe I don't know how to say no to, to shows, but I just... Uh, you know, I just book a show every day, and then you don't have time. It's just like train, show, bed, train, show, bed, train, show, bed, plane, gone. Well, that's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah, totally. So Sometimes you go touring around, you meet interesting. Did you meet anybody interesting? Yes. Who? Okay, let me think about it. Ask somebody else a question. I can't I d- remember. I just got exactly. back from the UK. Nice. Too. Well, well, we were in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, Who were you with? Edinburgh? Well, Cous- yeah. Cousin Dimitri? Well, not Cousin Dimitri, <laughs> actually. It was just me and my husband. He had a, a conference there, so we went up and toured the Isle of Skye and all this stuff. But when we got back to Edinburgh, yeah. we were in a bar and my husband who always tends to make, he tends to make friends with the most interesting person usually in the bar. Sure. And uh, we started talking and he he was like, oh, I love America. And I always kind of like perk up when I hear that abroad. I'm like, well, have you been there? You know, cause then I would understand. And they're like, no, I've never been there, but I love going back 
you know, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, tell me a little bit more about that, and uh, why, why don't you go ahead and come on over to America? And he's like, he's like, oh no, I have a rap sheet, you know, and I was uh, like, oh, is it just drugs? That's not a big deal. You can, you know, we'll, we could figure something out. And he said, no, it's not just drugs. <laughs> what is it? Did you tell? Oh, it was violent crime. Did you tell him what you do for a job? I did. That you're a capital defense attorney. Yeah. And you could, he could, he could kill someone, and you could get him off. Well. That's not really how it works. <laughs> what do you mean it's not how it works? That's what you do all day, isn't it? I don't think we've ever got anybody off. What are you talking about? You save them from like you save them from being death penalty, often, but they have to spend the rest of their life in jail. Yeah, but so they've the never like thing you they've can never do escaped. For some, the best thing you can do for somebody never escaped. Escaped. I mean, escaped from you know some kind of sentence. You couldn't help people escape. You definitely can't do that. No. Did you read about that woman who did that in yeah. in that state, New York, somewhere? Those oh, guys York, who escaped. Yeah. Who yeah. got out? Oh yeah. What was the deal? I didn't. I just read the headline. But what do you, did you read that story, John? What happened? Um, I don't really know. I mean, you can never really we'll tell what really happened. <laughs> but as far as I read, they the inmates got their hands on some power tools, cut a hole through the garage, and did the whole Shawshank Redemption like uh, a yeah. yeah. poop, sh- poop tunnel. Yeah. But this, crawl out. But this woman, hey, Matt, she, was, she got them. She gave them the power tools, and she was going to drive the getaway car. This is all from the headlines I got. Right. Right. I think I remember seeing. Negan, that too. you must know something about this. Don't you keep up with all this sort of stuff? Being not, the death penalty not, biz. Not as much. I all I. I do just for kind of entertainment purposes sometimes, but I, I, my problem is I kind of root for the guy who's escaped. I don't know why. Well, Doesn't you, everybody? Don't yeah. y'all root for that? Everybody guy? wants yeah. the that guy to get away with person. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's why this case is so great because the woman, he had sex with this woman and she got him out. Oh, I, don't, was, I didn't. I didn't she was like that. his girlfriend in jail and she was the art teacher or something like that if they have art teachers in jail, do they? It's a good story. In a maximum security prison. Yeah they, have all, yeah, they have all kinds of teachers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's having sex with this guy, and she <laughs> she agreed to drive the getaway car as well, but she chickened out because she realized somewhere along the line, I've made a fatal mistake here, and yeah. now she's going to jail for seven years for it. Damn. Well, uh, that's mm-hmm. a folk hero in the days of the internet. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Could I guess you imagine? she's already been in jail anyway. She well, works there. Yeah, she yeah, works so there. So I guess she just has to switch. She's got friends. Yeah. It saves going home at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> You must be the the coolest person in jail forever if you were the person who busted those guys out. And, yeah. And had sex with them. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? If we sort can of. exclude the fact that they were actually very awful people. Yeah. Like we can uh, well, put, uh, put a hundred years yeah. distance between us. Well, yeah. what did yeah. they do that was so bad they might have killed somebody or whatever? Did what they do, Megan? I, I think they were... They're murderers. And that's why it's terrible now they're for both. I want them to escape. But well, that is not yeah. right. Will you have some sort of affinity for murderers or something? Absolutely not. It almost makes you as bad a person, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. That's right. What what makes what draws you to defending people in um, that situation? Because you don't believe in the death penalty and No, well, I used to be very um, ideologi- ideologically pure and, and disagree with the death penalty. I recently had a child and so I'm kind of I kind of moved away from that purity. I might agree with it a little bit more. Why but is that? Cuz someone might kill your kid. Well, I, yeah, I guess it, it makes things a little bit more morally Ambiguous. What sense? I don't know. Like because you have a baby, now you have a child, so if somebody uh-huh. murdered your child, you'd want to kill them. Well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really thought it through. Well, I don't want to put that words is in interesting. Your mouth. It is interesting, though. I'm, I'm putting my head around it, too, the, the idea that once you have a child, it becomes morally ambiguous. I'm What's interested in that notion. What's the connection? Because I don't have kids, and it's already morally, everything's morally ambiguous, but, mm-hmm. uh, sure. but I'm, I'm interested in that. because you think too much. Maybe. Right. <laughs> it's just meant to be black and white, right, Joe? 
Yeah, well, I'm a big no. fan of moral relativism, so I'm <laughs> What's right that? Is that, is that the opposite of black and white, or is that black and white? It means everything's in shades of gray. Shades of gray. Everything's in shades of gray. Okay. Will you believe in the death penalty? Uh, no, actually, I don't. That's one of the things I'm very black and white on. I think civilized societies don't put their people to death, because mm. anyone that would commit crimes like that, I really believe, has uh, some sort of uh, either deficiency in their upbringing mm. or deficiency in their in their in their their brains like their actual right. their actual uh, the kind of person that would kill another person. wiring yeah exactly. and, that's, and that's absolutely true and that's what we see over and over again but also what drew me to doing this kind of work was just like you know you have to defend the worst of the worst crimes and that's what protects all of us from uh, the government ha- conducting a witch hunt because of your because they decide they don't like you or you're the wrong political party or um, something else they don't like about you. That's why the government can't come. And the government? Yeah. Who is the government? Well, and the person of what? The FBI? I mean, there's no such thing as the government. I mean, who would that be? The FBI? I mean, the, the or federal or government? I mean, anybody who decides that you've committed a crime, you know? Who would decide that? The, the, either the state DAs or the federal uh, But you're talking about attorneys. just a regular person? Yeah. Like you, say. You're yeah. a normal person, and someone in the DA's office is going to decide you committed a crime. Isn't that a little bit paranoid? Well, I mean, at the extreme example. Well, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. I guess it is a little paranoid, but I, but I, <laughs> but I think that you do have to commit. If you're, you want, if you believe in our free society, you have to defend uh, the worst of the worst, and that's what protects everybody else who's committing maybe lesser how crimes. How about this for an idea? I've suggested this before. That what if we had a justice system? Where everybody walks in the courtroom and they put their hand on the Bible or something, whatever they want to put their hand on, and they swear to tell the truth, and then they actually told the truth. Suppose that was the justice system. That's ridiculous. That's a novel idea. Isn't that yeah. crazy? And somewhat so. There's, so there's the court case that you swear to tell the truth. Yes. Did you kill the guy? Well, yes, I did. That's the truth. And then it'll be mm. all over. Yeah. No. How about that for an idea? Could that we would do save that? A lot of time and money. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Yeah. And that would actually be justice. Instead of well, you making if up that, a story. Yeah, if money grew on trees, big flow, and like, <laughs> If that happened you know, with the guy in the robe on the big stand with the gavel, he probably wouldn't be that <laughs> well, you guy. Wouldn't need, well, someone would have to open the door at the courtroom. Someone has to yeah, help, you know, make but, the coffee and all that stuff. So you know, he could do all that. It's likely that the high and mighty is corrupting often, you know, so. But isn't that supposedly the system, Megan? Isn't it supposed to be the system? We're supposed to all tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And then nobody actually does that. Not everyone does. You're you can't always. Areas, but you're but you're saying that you're saying that def- you're saying that, that you are always assuming that the defendant is the one who's lying. And no, I didn't say that at all. Oh, okay. Well, if someone, if the defendant was asked a question, "Did you murder this guy?" and he said, "No, mm-hmm. I didn't," then we're the end of that mm-hmm. too. But you still have gray areas there because there's such a thing as justifiable homicide. Sure. Mm. So if you said that, oh, if okay. I, I killed somebody, yes, I did, but. The guy you but killed isn't there to defend himself, so you, so you have gray areas about what's justifiable. Okay, homicide. well that's a good point. So what? So justifiable homicide would be in self-defense. Self-defense. Okay, so yeah. could, you could ask that question: Did you kill the guy in self-defense? No, I didn't. I believe I well, did. That's and that's a great. Yeah, why, area and why are you running with this belief. supposition that people would tell the truth? Why are you even starting there? That's like I just think that would be a great so idea. So far out of you know. I just thought it'd be a novel idea. It's for flying cars. System. That's more likely. <laughs> Let's go with flying cars. Okay. Let's have a world with no crime. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, that would be even better. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah. So just look, I got I got I got awesome bios for both of you all here. But I, I want to get a uh, Joe. This is what the first sentence of Joe's bio. It says okay. Joe Toman is an unpublished novelist an unproduced screenwriter, a universally derided poet, 
Painfully aware, he was born in the 70s and still working as a server in a restaurant. You do not want to hear my poetry. Oh, I hadn't even thought about it. Yes, we do. <laughs> now we have to hear do it. You ha- now, do you have anything on you or can you remember it? No, I can't remember it. That was his poet's pickup line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is not a single line I can recall. Check his phone. Are you serious? No, there isn't. Absolutely not. I have up. some memorized from other poets, but I would never recite my own. Really? Oh, no. I would never have even thought of that, but it's a great... My girlfriend's seen a few of them, and despite that, she's still my girlfriend. They really are terrible. No, they're all. But you're not really. Is any of this true? Are you really working as a server in a restaurant? Yeah, I am. I work at Herb Saint. At Herb Saint? Yeah, that is a cool restaurant. Here. Yeah, so it's that's a fun good. little spot. Yeah. That must be good tips, right? People tip in euros or pounds there. Because <laughs> uh, uh, there's 15. Mostly dollars and almost always 20%, but and sometimes they wh- get you. That's hmm. So you work there regu- like every day? Uh, I work there. Uh, a regular shift? Yeah, four or five days a week. Do they have a happy right hour there? Uh, no. No, mm. no happy hour. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the, 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 the one advantage this place has. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's a fun place to work. I've been there about four or five years. I've worked right. in the hospitality industry in New Orleans for about 10 years now, but uh, mostly in that place. And you're writing in the rest of the time you're writing? Yeah, yeah, I write on the rest, uh, the rest of the time. I mean, there aren't too many of us that uh, can make a living just on writing. There's not too many of us that, uh, there are not too many people read anymore, to be honest with you. I'm a novelist by... What I'd like to be able to do is be a novelist, but right now I'm, I'm writing the column for Nola Defender. Do you publish Nola Defender? Or? Yeah, I publish Nola Defender. So it's your, uh, that's Nola Defender is an online yeah, magazine. Yeah, I write a, a column day. called Drinking Culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, an online magazine. And that was your idea? Yeah. You yeah, own it? Yeah, that was, well, no, not Nola Defender, the column on Nola Defender oh, called Drinking Culture. You're not the, you're not the publisher. No, no, that's okay. Ben Mintz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's my editor and publisher. So you write a daily column? I write a weekly column that are these, um, they're like ethnographies, they're, they're, um, I call them ethnographies, but they're narrative nonfiction pieces that happen in bars around New Orleans. I'm doing 52 bars or, or drinking establishments, uh, drinking events in New Orleans in 52 weeks. I'm just finishing 44 right now. You look in pretty good shape. Yeah, it, well, that's, that. uh, are, you, are you working? And that's out? the only thing that matters is how you look. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess, hell yeah. I feel terrible. Oh my god, you poor, <laughs> Wait, it's, so it's, <laughs> you're drinking straight gin. Yeah, do you yeah, drink well, that at all these events? Uh, yeah, I generally drink gin. And the I was telling you earlier, I drink yeah, gin in the, the summertime and and the brown liquor in the winter. Yeah. And so. The, Wait, so you're, you're out searching for a good story at a bar, right? Yeah, generally uh, what I do. How, yeah. how, like, what's your success rate, would you say? Because you can go somewhere and just not get anything, right? That, those are actually some of those. That's an interesting question because after 44 of these, it's been, you know, bars are pretty much the same. You go into a dive bar, there's a wood and there's a bunch of liquor and there's a you know a couple of degenerates at the end of the bar, mm. me generally being one of them. Mm. And you just sit there and drink for the whole night. And I'm generally kind of shy of crowds. I don't like yeah, to yeah. go into crowds during events and things. I like, uh, you know, like the old man dive bars. Um, the, the ones that have been the best stories just end up being when you sit down next to somebody that has a good tale to tell. Mm. What I'm trying to do is a lot of people consider these things to be reviews, but I don't really consider them to be reviews. I mean, you don't really, I mean, how are you going to review some of these bars that have been open for 100 years, like Henry's or... You know, no one needs a review on those things. Right. They stand alone. They're these drinking institutions. What I'm trying to do is go into these places and tell a story that would be typical of what would happen to you if you went into this bar. I actually did one on the St. Rock Tavern. Oh, where, yeah, nice. Where, yeah, where, where, where you play at. Um, 
and I just try and capture what it was like. So instead of reading a review where you can see how much things cost and what everything looks like, you can actually read this piece and, and know what it would be like to go into that box. Hmm. And with, they're being published into a book we're publishing in October. I have a book a coming out. Yeah. What's that going to be called? Uh, we haven't decided on a title, but the title of the oh, column is Drinking help. Culture right now. So it'll be something like a year with a drink in my hand or something like that. If anybody has a good idea, please we let me know. We can totally help you out with that now. Yeah. Got any ideas? John, you're a writer. Um, Talking of drinks, we need another round of drinks ideas. here. Somehow. Maybe I can come up with one in a little while. Yeah. What, what, what would you think of? What comes to mind? To first? call that? Yeah. It's um, 52 stories. Yeah, 52 weeks. Yeah, it's, a, a week? it's an entire year. One, one a week, yeah. This is the kind of thing that gets on the internet that people write all these, you know, my year of being drunk is all fuck or something like that. I kind of like that one. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That one, so that's kind of, you know, how they do my year of living by the Bible diet and my year of not washing my hair. Wait, so do, you, it's gonna, do you count on one visit always giving a story or are you going to go back to the same place a couple of times? It's not? almost always one visit these days just because I work full time job as right. well. So yeah. I don't really have a lot of time to go back twice. Mm. Right. But some of them there have been have been return visits. But I'm familiar with most of these bars. I've gone into strangely you know, so enough yeah strange oddly enough yeah, I, i've been into them before it feels like the usual awesome dive bar exchange has a lot to do with the story that you have to tell and like sharing things so do you find yourself kind of going through the motions of telling the same heartbroken sad bastard stories to <laughs> these different guys no you know? that that that's a that's an excellent question because that's something i've had to to struggle with the whole time but mm-hmm. like keep a narrative that's because uh, i i try and actually have a narrative where there's a beginning a middle and an end to each story that you go through and i try and keep them all kind of fresh and new and and different things happen and that's 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 been the challenge mm-hmm. is to to not make it stale not make not like find a formula and stick with that formula sure so it doesn't sound repetitive so exactly. each one is fresh. Exactly. But Andrew's got a point. At least that's why I tried it. Does it totally depend on who you run into on the night? It can. I it mean, can. Is, are you kind of just collecting, like, any story these people tell you to? Like, if you go into a bar and someone tells you, like, a Vietnam War story or something like that? Or, like, does it have to be about the bar yeah. itself? Sometimes know? it does. I mean, like, yeah. places that I haven't been into or or places that I don't know a whole lot about, I'll get a little background. I'll talk yeah. to some people that go to that bar, that frequent that bar. Maybe I'll talk to the owner or something. You know, everybody knows everybody in this town. <laughs> so if I'm going to a bar, yeah, more than yeah. likely I know somebody who knows who owns it or somebody who lives in the neighborhood that goes there all the time. I'll give them a call and I'll talk to them for a little while and, and yeah, ask them, yeah. you know, what the feel is generally. And then I'll kind of look for somebody that looks like they belong there. Right, and right. that's the person that I'll sidle up next to. And it generally just kind of, I get lucky a lot, I guess. But Do you I, have to ask their permission to print these stories or what? I, I, I hope I don't because I really never have. So they're, Well, they're we're going to ask, we'll ask our attorney. <laughs> Do you need someone's permission to write? It's under the guise of journalism. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You don't need, okay, so you have that on authority, good authority. Yeah. You don't need anyone's <laughs> permission. You heard it here first. <laughs> we never ask anyone's permission on this show. No. No one ever says you... Do you what have the right to broadcast this or anything? It feels like a fair assumption when you're talking into a large diaphragm microphone. microphone. Yeah, that, that someone's going to listen to it. Yeah. This is a pretty interesting. This is going to be great. When's it coming out? Uh, we're hoping to, to have it published in, in early October. Um, the the gentleman, uh, Ben Mintz, who runs NOLA Defender, he took up uh, Faux Real Fest. It's the, the Fringe Festival. Faux Real. It used to be Fringe Fest here right. in town. He took that over, and it's been rebranded as Faux Rio, so we're trying to get the book out in time for the, the new Fringe Festival so we can kind of do some readings and, and when is that? When the is book. the Fringe Festival? I think uh, November. 
you better get on it. Yeah, yeah. We're. I mean, I'll have them all done by the beginning of September, and then it's editing process. The the contracts and stuff are being drawn up, and the the uh, printers are being contacted and stuff. We're on our way. Got wow. your artwork? Oh, nice. We don't have the artwork yet. We don't have the artwork yet. Mm. I know he has a couple of designers, but uh, yeah, if anyone is interested in submitting, I'll. Okay. Listen, we need, we need a couple of things to go on here. First of all, we need to um, talk about our sponsors, and we need to get another round of drinks somehow or other. Yeah, we I can't did. get anyone's attention here. I'll go over there. The service is totally terrible here <laughs> at Wayfair, isn't it? Can you believe it? They just Maybe they just us. cut us off. They do, <laughs> what they should do, I say? Everyone, should I just say another round? I just grab one of the waitresses, I guess, right. and have them come over mm. here. Because they, they just ignore us completely here. They don't care about us. We just come here every week and set up shop. So, Megan, I want to ask you when we come back from this uh, little break here. First of all, we just do the talk about our sponsor. I want to talk to you about your husband. Oh yeah. Do you mind talking about him? No, I love talking about him. You love talking about him. Okay, me too. What does he look like? Um, he looks like um, oh, what's his name? Brad Pitt. Oh, what? No, not Brad Pitt. Uh, no, '90s actor. What's wrong? What's wrong with me? 90s. Jurassic Park. Um, Sam Neill. Sam no, Neil. no, no. I met Sam Neill once actually. But, Did um, you? Yeah. He's from New Zealand. In New like Zealand. Me. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. in the South Island. You were in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. What were you doing there? Um, Is it Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Nice Your nice husband nice. looks like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he looks like Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. That's, That's a funny because if you're listening to this show and you've never seen Andrew Duhon, he looks like Gina. What was her name? Who? What was he? Who was he married to? Jeff Goldblum. Remember that awesome-looking woman, Gina something? Oh, I don't. Remember her? What was this? Was I here? Jeff Goldblum's he's wife. recently divorced. Yeah. Oh, I follow, okay. I follow him pretty closely. Okay. Yeah, okay. Come on over. <laughs> okay, we just have to take a break for one second and order some drinks. Okay, what are we getting? What are you drinking, John? I already ordered mine, but I'll I, take a margarita. Okay. Yeah. Megan, what do you have? Um, the, the whiskey, the third down whiskey cocktail. Okay. Yeah. The slingshot. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I'll have uh, Bombay on the rocks. No okay. fruit. Andrew, what are you drinking? I do a Green Flash IPA. Sure green Flash IPA. That'll take care of it. Allison, are you drinking anything? You still got your drink. Okay, you're taking photos. Okay, Andrew, give me some sort of, uh, you know, romantic 15 euro song in the background. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you to these lovely people for helping us out and making our show possible. It's like, uh, what's that fucking terrible show called? Prairie Home Companion. God, I hate I that. That, that guy's, you love, I know, I know you do. That guy's been threatening to retire for years and years. Every year he says, up for like the last 10 years, he said, I've I never heard anything so boring in my life. How long, how long does that show go on? Do you have any idea? Two hours? Three. Well. Nobody's ever heard the whole three hours. It's <laughs> the truth of the matter. Thank you to Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a crazy schedule, the folks at Petite Pet Care will take care of your pet in his or own his or her own home while you're out. For loving care when you're not there, go to petitepetcare.com. Thanks too to Basic Swim and Gym. We can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes with style. This is the wackiest background music we've ever had. The all new Basic Swim and Gym is on Magazine Street, which is almost navigable down near Jefferson Avenue. Thank you too to Hangover Destroyer, the only all natural product, medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to the Hangover Destroyer website, hdestroyer.com, just write happy hour in the coupon code if you can see straight and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And you too 
can seize the dawn. Thank you too to unlistednola.com, the revolutionary new, I can't even take this, the revolutionary new <laughs> way to buy a house in New Orleans. If you know what you're looking for, you can find your perfect match before it comes on the market. It's the match.com of real estate and it's called unlistednola.com. Thank you, Andrew. What do you call that? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a good title, title actually. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good title for thanks, it. Thanks, thanks a lot. You want to play something while you've got the guitar in your hands? Uh, I can it? try. Yeah. What do you got? Well, see, the thing is, Grant, the whole traveling and writing new songs is mutually exclusive, it feels like. But I thought that would be a good time to... But I figured maybe maybe I could write something this afternoon. By golly, I did. Oh, my God. Okay. Why can't I... Yeah, here it comes. Tell you where that old man can surely be found. Got his line in the water, his bucket on the ground. You know it doubles as a stool in an ice chest and a live well when they start getting a bite. <laughs> I should have whistled it out, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he catch him, and sometimes he don't. But you could say the same thing for the rich folks with the big fancy bows. But he's happy as he can be down there in his five gallon captain seat. Andrew Duhon back from the UK 
I love that. Is that really brand new? Yeah. That's great. It's five-gallon captaincy. Yeah, you caught it. I forgot to say it more times. Usually yeah. a chorus should be repeated several times, and I did not do that. Thank you, sir. It's a great chorus, the five-gallon captaincy. That's almost, um, I hate to say this because I know you hate this, but it's almost upbeat, that song. I was going to say it's like the least <laughs> earnest thing I've yeah. played in months. Yeah, it's nice. And the whistling bit, was that intentional or did you just do that to cover for? I figured it would be good because, I mean, I'm just figuring it out today, but I, it sounds like it could use a solo in there, yeah. It's nice. It gives it a sort of a, almost a sort of a Mayberry sound, upbeat. Yeah, it sounds like feeling. the solo guy fishing, doesn't it? Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could work, sure. Yeah. And Graham DuPonte's here with sunglasses on. Hey, Graham. He's our fabulous producer. He's responsible for the whole thing. Hey, um, I like that. Five gallon. It's a sort of a drinking song? Five no, gallons. No, it's a fishing song. Oh, it's fishing. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was five gallons of booze. See, I told you, you got to learn how to write a song that people get, you know? But you can interpret <laughs> anything you like, right? I can, it could be a drinking song for me. Yeah, but I think if when I, I have five gallons, I think. Articulate the, the, the uh, verses better, it would probably come off as a fishing song. What do you think, John? As a I think it's great. I mean, as a songwriter, I like it. As the whole uh, bucket concept, you know, that's something that's I've right. dealt with a lot in my life. Um, the bucket concept. I have these friends. They, like, carry around buckets around the whole country. Like, they'll, they're hobos or whatever, and they'll carry their, their packs, a musical instrument, a dog, and then they'll carry a bucket with them. Also, for just like you said, it's a cooler. It's a place to sit. You can like I don't know I That's would never do that because it's too much too much to carry you know the bucket but the dog the guitar, the guitar and, the and the backpack yep. well the backpack goes on your back the dog's walking presumably yeah the dog walks dead. and then the guitar in one hand and the guitar on the bucket and that the doesn't bucket that sounds doable hand. it's doable you know and I, you could also tie the bucket to the backpack you just put it right over your head and cut out <laughs> eye holes too. <laughs> if the dog dies you can put it in the bucket yeah. well depending on the size of the dog that it was five gallons or less if it's dead if you can put it, it in the bucket so the five yeah. gallons <laughs> refers to a bucket I don't even get that did you guys get that as the five a, gallon bucket uh, you know, so you're a writer I was a, a writer here. I was actually yeah when I heard the five well I think that's kind of the beauty of a, of a good song is you can get three or four different interpretations out of it when I heard five gallon I thought maybe like a five gallon hat hmm that would yeah, be a very so, small yeah. hat. It's a 10-gallon yeah, hat. Yeah, right? a 10-gallon hat, yeah. Is well, a 5-gallon hat would be maybe for <laughs> an 8-month-old baby. A small <laughs> hat. Gives you moral maybe relativity. It's a small seat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why is it called a 10-gallon hat? Does it actually hold 10 gallons? I doubt it. That's just a name, isn't it? I have it? no idea. That's what people in so Texas say. Gallon, people yeah. in Texas are ridiculous. Really? The whole of Texas? Well, you know, everything everybody. is bigger in Texas. You know, that thing. The 10-gallon yeah, hat. Yeah, 10-gallon hat is only f actually 5 gallons. Yeah. Good point. Mm. Did you really think of that, Joey, just making that up? It just silly. popped into my head. The five-gallon hat. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if that exists now that you think about it. No, five-gallon bucket, that. though, that's a thing, right? Everybody knows what a five-gallon bucket is. Well, yeah, I think yeah. it is. Are you I know questioning your song? Yeah. No. No, well, I just wrote it. I just, like, it's first draft today. You just you know, wrote it today. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty. i figure it out. Imagine right that you could like do that. that. I think you should stick with the whistling. That was a really nice part. Right on, yeah. We might have to make you do that. Maybe we can make you do another song as well. John. Okay, no first of all, I anything. got this. I get a lot of bios, you know. <laughs> well, you know, make you force you with one more drink. I get a lot of bios in this business, you know, and in fact, multiple numbers a week. But this is one of the best sentences I've read in a long time. And it's about your husband who looks like Jeff Goldblum. Yes. It doesn't say anything. It says, and this is, this is from you. It says, Megan, that you went to a residential boarding school for, for high school in Natchitoches. Yes. What is that, first of all? That isn't the best part of the sentence. I just want to... Oh, get it's, some color here. Yeah, it's like for... Is it for naughty girls? No, it's for, it's for like gifted kids. Are you oh. a gifted kid and they pack you off to Natchitoches of all places? Yeah, right. And Why don't we describe Natchitoches for those of us listening who haven't been there? It's sure. A, it's a one-horse town yeah. on the river. Yeah. 
It's like the first settlement in Louisiana, I think. Mm. Or maybe yeah. in the world. I think it was the first city in the world. Yeah, you're getting there. I don't think it's the world. Natchitoches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Babylon. It's, uh, <laughs> it's also, uh, I was just there. I believe it's the uh-huh. home of the meat pie. It's the home of the meat in the city uh-huh. of lights. Oh. It's also yeah. the city of lights, not Paris. Right. City of Lights. Natchitoches is the City of Lights. Okay. The story is that um, a Native American tribe had, uh, the the chief had two sons. One was Natchitoches and the other one was Natchitoches. And they were both, um, and he sent them in in opposite directions at at the line of the Louisiana line. Or no, maybe it was like the Red River or something. And they had to walk however long it took them to walk one day is where they would settle. And so that's where Natchitoches is in Texas and that's where Natchitoches is. Which one walked further? I think they walked equally. They were equal. Hmm. Where did they start off? I, I think the river. The, the, is it the Red River? The, the Red River the in, Red yeah, in yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, in Louisiana. And one of them walked to Texas? No, no. In a from day? the state line. It's right next from door. The, they, so he's already in it, Texas. They're on. Oh, that, oh, that's, oh, that's the border of Texas there. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm a little bit geographically challenged. So Nagadish is on Sorry. the border of Texas and Louisiana. It's close. Okay, all right. Yeah. And have you been to Nagadoches or whatever? No, I've never one? been there. John, have you been there as a hobo? Uh, I don't think With so. Your bucket? No. Uh, no bucket. I, don't I mean, never, bucketless don't know hobo. That I've ever taken my bucket. You don't. Not you don't have I, the bucket. I don't carry a bucket. You don't carry. You're the bucketless hobo. hobo. Yeah, you're not. Just, really, you look like you, you could be friends. a hobo. You can steal yeah. a bucket when I mean, you get there. Easy. You know? There's buckets everywhere. You would advise people to steal a bucket. Yeah. Why would you? Because you're going to have more use for it than they will, and it's like five bucks. So you know they can get another bucket. It's five bucks for a five-gallon bucket. Yeah. But if you really a need a bucket, like right you there. really need that bucket. Maybe you can't get another bucket. That's right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you, know, I mean, you got you to decide. It's kind of one of these moral shades of gray, if I'm <laughs> okay. honest with you. I appreciate it. it uh, it's kind of like a spirit animal, you know? If, 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 if your spirit animal is the bucket, then all buckets belong to you, you know, in some way or another, <laughs> I guess you could say. I've been to that part of Louisiana yeah. and Texas. There's really no shortage of five-gallon buckets yeah. running around on the side yeah. of the road. You're and if somebody's got one that, that's shape. just sitting in their carport, and you happen to need a bucket, and you know that you need this bucket, they could be throwing that bucket away. You don't know. That's socialism. They could also. And they're not going <laughs> to like that over there. What about the possibility of them shooting you in the back as you walk off with their bucket? This is a risk as a hobo that you're willing to take. Okay. Maybe don't do this in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain, you, you yeah. Have to or Louisiana. Yeah, or yeah, Louisiana. Don't do that. Yeah. Seems like mm-hmm. a lot of risks to take for a UK. bucket if you're you in, the in the country. In the UK, no worries. They're not, yeah. they're not they guarding their buckets. They don't have five-gallon buckets over there, though. <laughs> What's That's a right. gallon in the UK? I don't know. Do they have gallons over there, not, or do they I'm have metric? Like, uh, it's like they might a, have metric. It's like a 20-pint bucket. Yeah, do they have, like, gallons? or? They might have something else. What's the equivalent, the fluid equivalent in metric? It's liters. Liters, yeah, right. Well, we have. Why do we have a two-liter bottle of Coke? Why does soft drink come in? Because liters? one liter wouldn't make us as fat as we want to be. But why? Why is that called liters when everything else is in? Why does that in liters? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. That I've never figured out. That's a good mm. question. Uh, finally, <laughs> I could really use it. Yeah, <laughs> if I do the show long enough, I'll come up with a good question. Yeah. <laughs> why is soft drink in liters? Somebody might know that. Does anyone know that? Graham. No idea. Probably because okay. there's more places in the world using liters. The Coca-Cola comes from the United States. We know that it comes from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, but they're shipping everywhere, right? Couldn't they, they have make regional distribution centers? They do. So they're they do. Coca-Cola yeah. bottles. Couldn't they give us a gallon bottle? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what two liters is in gallons. Is that like eight gallons? Or something? I think we some sort of X-file. You I believe that's fine. <laughs> oh, you know what? I bet you. I bet you there's more gallons than liters. I bet a two-liter. Oh, you think they're shaving ounces yes. on us? Yeah. No, but it sounds like there. you don't want to buy a six-gallon <laughs> bottle. Of 
Oh, that's disgusting. I, I'm not going to drink six gallons of this, but I'll drink two litres. That doesn't sound like that much. I could be right off. Anyway, this is what it says here. Uh, Megan went to the Louisiana School for Math, Science and the Arts, which means you were a gifted child. Now, what, where are your parents? Where are you living? Here in New Orleans? They're in Dallas now. But where were they living at this time when you were sent off? To in this? Lafayette. In Lafayette. Yeah. Oh, so that's not that far away. No, it's about two-hour drive. So two hours. Okay, it's the same as distance from here, basically. Then. Yeah. No, oh, no, it's a bit shorter. So your parents loved you enough to ship you off to some school. No, it was my, it was my design. Well, you wanted to go. Yeah. You wanted to get out of home. I did. Why? Mm. Well, I feel it's a great little town. I would thought it would be a great place to grow up. It is. It was. Um, I just, it, it was just kind of this academic opportunity. For high school. Who was, high car- school. Well, who was caring about academics in high school? Did you? Yeah, what made was. you interested in that? Um, I, I don't know. It was just a place I, I had gone there for like a summer camp and I met all these other kids that were into art and literature and stuff that I was into and I... I really wanted so to go there. So what sort of little kid Wait. were you? Were you yeah. How good was our football team, though? <laughs> there was no football team. There was no Let's football team. Let's get down to Brad's So wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me. <laughs> so, so, okay, you were, so you were a sort of an artsy little girl in Lafayette? Yes. Okay. And did you have any friends in Lafayette? I did. And what were they all like? Uh, it was similar. Similar. Some, a lot of them went up to the school with me. Oh, they did? Uh-huh. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah. And was it expensive to send you there? No, it's a public school. How cool. You just, yeah, you just pay. You have to get in. You have to like, apply. So why like, is there a college. fancy school in Natchitoches of all places, which was founded by an Indian kid who walked um, I, for one day? The they, oldest city in the world. I don't know. They have, te- they have schools like that in Texas and um, Tennessee and Alabama, and they're trying to, they're trying to <laughs> develop talent. To, but why to is there in. one there of all places? Why not New Orleans oh, why is or it Lafayette, it? which would be They were affiliated with NSU, the, the, the college that's there. NSU. Yeah, because you need I dormitories. That was you need like. Disease. <laughs> What's that? Uh, North, Northwestern State University. Huh. Yeah. North. That would be NWS. Well. No, North. Strictly speaking. Is, North is Northwestern one word? Northwestern is one Joe, word. Joe, you're right. Northwestern is one word. Okay, yeah, take it the, back. I was the, wrong about that. The demons. The, the purple Spada. demons. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is what I'm getting at. Is mm. the next part of the <laughs> sentence which says, which is where I met my husband. Yeah. You met your husband who looks like Jeff Goldblum in high school. I did. Holy shit. Where was he from? Uh, he's from the West Bank of New Orleans, Marrero. And his parents shipped him off there because he was highly intelligent as well. Well, he's a math guy, so um, right. he went there for. He decided to go there for. So math is Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park. Wow! That's all I had. Is there no end to the similarity? Amazing. So, what was he like in high school? Did he look like Jeff Goldblum then? Uh, no, he was kind of a. He's grown into it. Yeah, he's grown into it. What definitely. did he look like then? He was a little bit nerdier than he looks now. Um, did you look like you look now? Yeah, but younger. But <laughs> just as gorgeous as you look now, <laughs> oh, but he didn't. But he, still, no, he fell was in very love. handsome. No, he was very handsome. We actually we didn't date each other in high school. I didn't. I don't know if I was misleading you with my well, sentence. Well, that's just. So I met him there. You but, met him there, okay. but you weren't dating him there. No, no, he dated all of my like all of my friends except you. Um, yeah, and Why? I, I dated. Well, I dated all of his friends. We were just in that circle okay. where we dated each other's friends. Mm. So what sort of a high school was this? There's a dormitory there. Two, two dormitories, <laughs> one for boys. And you were banging each other after <laughs> school on these. Well, dorms? not well, not me and my husband. No, no, but they're all the other guys you're dating. <laughs> when by dating, do we mean having sex with them? No, well, no, I was just dating in high school. Well, so I'm asking, what does that mean? I would. They just say, this is my boyfriend, but nothing really happens. <laughs> well, the way it works at Louisiana school... But, oh, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> well, you haven't said it yet, so it's not too late to take it back. Okay. 
Well, they just date. You know how kids date. No, I'm not asking you. I have no idea. They go out on walks. Well, what does happen in Louisiana school? Um, Well, they go out on walks. I feel like you're casting a large net when you say Louisiana schools. Because you went to school in Louisiana. Yeah, I don't know. But go ahead. Andrew went to Archbishop Rummel. Is that right? Yeah. You didn't date anybody there, right? Twice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do in this going on walks? Yeah, we go on walks. That's what? mostly what we would do. We go watch on movies. a walk. Yeah. The thing is, okay. you know, when you're in high school and you live with your parents, you can have, you know, you could go to your parents' houses and all that well, stuff. You can't, do, you can't do that when you're uh, at, a, at a high school boarding school. Yeah, there's, a, there's that phase, which is like the freshman, sophomore years. But then, you know, you're a junior and a senior and mm-hmm. you get a little bit more, uh, you know, freedoms. And you, yeah. you know, a car. Yeah. And I, you figure out what to do with these things. I know. I snuck into the boys' dorm. Yeah. Not into the boys, don't That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We climbed oh, into the into the rooms. And to, to do what? Go on a walk? No, we would just we would just hang out. So nobody's when say so when you're dating all these guys, mm-hmm. you dated all Jeff Goldblum's friends. <laughs> How did you go from one to the other? How did you know when it was time to move on? Oh well. How I, did you I, get away from the Raptors in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> Stealth. Okay. Sorry. So, okay, how ahead. did you know? How did you know when you got like? Did you just mutually agree? Oh, I'm sick of dating you now. I'm gonna go over to bunk number three. Yeah. Yeah. Or gonna, you know, my husband is a year, a year older guy. than me, and so the, the the that class of guys would would move on to college, and then you just break up. Okay. So when did you start dating him? Um, uh, about four year, five four years ago. Um, just met him over at French Quarter Fest. Four and years ago. I mean, we 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 have known Hang each on. other this entire time. Then we started. You're not dating. just out of high school, right? No, no, You're no, no, no. Oh gosh, training. no. Oh gosh. So you you had a whole life. Yeah, I had a whole life. And then you ran into this guy. And he did too. Yes. Oh my God, yeah. that's even more romantic than I was thinking. Yeah. I thought yeah. you met this guy in Let high school go. and you shacked up with him, and then no, you've been no. together ever since. No, we it never. never worked. We never had any kind of. It does sometimes. Connect. Oh. <laughs> really? My uncle. My All uncle right. was married since high school. I'm just, wow. just throwing it out there. Well, that was that was a different day, and you know. Yeah, that was what? a long time Shades ago. Shades of Grey. What state is your uncle in, John? New York. Really? Really. In New York City or upstate New York? Somewhere? Um, close to the city. Close to the city, and he's still with the girl he met in high school. That's, That's correct. Pretty impressive, actually. I would say it is because there's impressive. a lot of people in New York you could meet. That's called old school family values. There's a lot of people there, but you know, I don't know. They don't. He's not interested in it. I mean, who knows? You know, it would I mean, be great if you could just fall in love with someone you met in high school and stay together. That would solve a lot of problems right there, wouldn't it? Certainly save you having to buy a couple of houses. Yeah, sure. well, exactly. Yeah. Or go on a weekend retreat with cousin Dimitri. And, you know, by that time it'd be fine. So how did you, so what, you, what happened? How did you run into each other? You and Jeff Goldblum look alike. Um, we just happened to be. So this would be 2011, and we hadn't really seen each other since 2000. I graduated college in 2006, so I had gone to law school and was practicing as a lawyer. And um, we reconnected at at French Quarter Fest. Just met up and just met up or by reconnected intentionally or by not intentionally you ran into each other at French Court yes yes and what just, street was that on um, on Canal Street and just Good spent the God. day together and um, you hang on a minute you were walking down Canal Street by yourself at French Quarter Fest or were you with cousin Dimitri at the time okay I was meeting some <laughs> other guy who was with him 
he was with you were meeting some other guy yeah who but happened not to be with romantically Jeff Goldblatt right. Dickens <laughs> did you know that Jeff Goldblatt lookalike was going to be with the other guy no I didn't know that Jake. so you made a plan to meet this guy other guy right and Jeff Goldblatt lookalike from high school walks right. up with him and you go holy shit I remember you from high school yeah yeah and wow on Canal Street yeah. and did you look at each other and it was like love at first sight um Kind of, actually. I remember. I don't. It's so cheesy. No, <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. We we like went over to uh, the park and we like listened to somebody play some version of Hallelujah, you know. And we were. I don't know. It was really. It was really romantic. Like a Leonard Co- the Leonard Cohen yeah, song. Yeah, it, it was. But it was some. I don't know. Some. We know, like hearing this. Rendition. Actually, it was really beautiful. Jaded people love hearing this yeah. kind of things. Actually, yes, it's very yeah. inspiring, isn't it? Same. It gives you hope. Yeah. Wait, are y'all all jaded? Yeah. yeah, I was until a little while ago. I wasn't yeah. until I met John. <laughs> I'm, I'm realistic. <laughs> no, I am you don't too. Call it Jade. I, I just took one look at John when he walked in. I fell immediately in love with him. So, but wow, nice. Yes, <laughs> congratulations. But, but that was. Thanks. What do you think happened between that you didn't? That of all the people in high school, that you were the two people who didn't date each other. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's all about? And why now? What? Why? Oh, what? he was a player in high school. Okay. And you were too, because you were dating everybody. You dated everybody well, I mean, in the senior <laughs> boys' dorm. Let's face it, you sneaked in. The other girls weren't sneaking into the dorm. They absolutely were. They were. Yeah. At least my friends were. So all the girls were sneaking into the boys' dorm. Yeah. That was a great and then all the boys sneak into the girls' dorm, and yeah. you're like, just, "Where have all the yeah, girls yeah, gone? They've all sneaked yeah, in." Yeah, what's happened here? All gone. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's well. That's a great story. I'm glad that we got that in the bio here. Mm. There's a lot of other stuff, and your husband works in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology. At Tulane Medical School. Yes. On a vaccine. So he's like, not only does he look like Jeff Goldblum and he's your high school sweetheart, kind of, except he wasn't, but he's also saving the world. Yes. He so is. it's a total Hollywood movie. Well, Jeff Goldblum did that in Independence Day, too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I'm going to go with He's actually that. doing the office of what Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. So what At vaccine is it? What's his name, by the way? His name is Jacob. Jacob. Goldblum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is his He's other name? Jacob Watt. Uh, Bitune. He's Bitune. Jewish. Bitune. Bitune. It's a French. His That's dad, a Jewish name? Yeah, his dad. I've never even heard of it. His dad was... Um, I thought I'd heard every Jewish name in the book, Andrew, didn't you? Well, his dad was Colin, French Algerian. Levy. How did Bitune get into it? His dad was French Algerian uh, before World War II, so um, he's actually got a French passport because of his dad. Ah, his dad's pre-World War II Algerian. So, he might so your husband is Algerian? Well, no, his father was, I mean, his father was French Algerian. French Algerian. I don't know what that means. Does that make you Algerian <laughs> or French or neither? Makes it both. Both. Yeah, there were colonists. I knew there was another There were colonists there. In, in, in Algeria. <laughs> the French one. Albert Camus was a, was a French Algerian. Albert yeah, Camus. Yeah. Really? Okay. And he was the guy who wrote what? Uh, he wrote Jeff The Stranger. Autobiography. Also, and that he was, was against his the death penalty. <laughs> that was his best work. Yeah, against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. He, no he wrote. Uh, why, why do we no know exit. his name? What's he famous for? Uh, the myth of Sisyphus. He wrote the Stranger. The myth of Sisyphus. And the Stranger is probably his most in French. Well, or well, no exit. Which yeah, is in French, play. but they've been widely translated. Right, right. At this point. Yeah. What did you study in school? 
uh, a little bit of everything, actually. I went to a liberal arts school, so I studied everything from philosophy to political science and was ended Camus up with nothing useful. Useless. Yeah. Was Camus exactly. involved with it, or did you discover that afterwards? No, yeah, when I found myself at the library reading other things while I was skipping class, I realized that really college wasn't for me. Did you drop out? Uh, no, I finished because... Uh, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college, and it would have killed my parents had I not. So, well, they're going to die anyway at some point. Went through, so. yeah, and, well, well, exactly. What, um, but it would be a, a long period of disappointment that would have hurt me. <laughs> How do they feel about you being a failed everything? Oh well, actually, pretty good, pretty they're good, not, because at least I don't ask them for money anymore. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> where are they? Uh, they live in Michigan. That's Michigan, right. That's where, where I'm from. from yeah, How did you end from up reason. drifting down here? I was uh, I got out of graduated in uh, graduated college in 2000. Um, went into the Peace Corps because I wasn't ready to do anything much after that. So I I went down in the Peace Corps. I spent uh, two years in uh, Bolivia, and then uh, another little while after that, kind of traveling around. Tried to move back up to Michigan. Spent one winter in Detroit, and said, do it to, to, yeah, to right. hell with this. And so why New Orleans? Uh, the, the tradition, uh, the literary tradition down here, and, and I just had come down on a train right after Katrina, and and had never been it. here before. Took a look around the place, and just, I mean, sometimes you just go to a place and you see it, and it just speaks to you directly, and and that's. I took a look around. And I said, I'm, I'm not that's going. That's it. I think that's the thing about New Orleans. You either come yeah. here and love it, or come here and hate it. Yeah. People yeah. either come here and go, Oh my God, why didn't I move here years ago? Or how can you stand the heat and the smell? Yeah. There are some things that just like they speak to you, you know, right. uh, like very, very right in your face. And, that, and this place was like that for me. And, and it's inspired me every day. You know, you kind of, I'm sure like everyone who lives here kind of has these moments where you're walking around and you kind of feel like you're on a movie set sometimes, right. or you're like, like walking through the page of a book. Sure. Like you see these characters walking around in the city or well, plus the place is just beautiful every time yeah. you go down a street every time you turn the corner and the something. people are like it, it nurtures this eccentricity right. eccentricity and you people, can totally like, do whatever you want here. exactly and, and it's can, encouraged and nobody not just tolerated. No, exactly it's encouraged well put yeah. nobody looks down on you for being a server at herb saint and being a poet yeah, i mean that's it's pretty like, much the way the art world works these yeah days. no that's really cool it's a really well that's a great story good oh. thing you moved here so you're not leaving Oh no! I'll. I'll uh, I think at the end of my bio it says I'll be here until my inevitable death. I did underline it. it says yeah. he will remain there until <laughs> his inevitable death. Well, do we know it's inevitable? <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing. One more that, of those. There's only one straight gins, oh. and you might preserve yourself forever. I guess only two things that are inevitable. Medicine is constantly one making strides. You know, so. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. We don't know that anything's inevitable at this point. Hey. John, you want to play a song for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. what yeah, are you going to play? Get the guitar. Okay. You know, I was just thinking about that. I think I might play a, a song that I just wrote. It'll be the world premiere of it. It's called. Yes. Uh, okay. It's called. You can't. You can't regret what you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's about drinking. That's a great idea. Okay. Can I use a theme song for my book? <laughs> that would be a great. <laughs> that could be a good title for you. I'm going to write that down as well. You can't regret what you don't remember. Is that a uh, is that a legal defense? <laughs> <laughs> is that actually? No. Uh, well, intoxication can be. Intoxication right, can I'm be a defense. Did you hear that, John? In a sense. Yeah. I'm basically a lawyer. That's why I write these songs. Yeah. It's just to <laughs> consult people, you know, let them, let them know what's right.
If there's one thing about booze that's nice You can't regret what you don't remember Getting drunk and throwing the dice Bet all your money and you don't think twice You can't regret what you don't remember You can't regret what you forget Till someone calls you up Tell you a little story all about yourself. You might regret, but you don't remember. If you was a sad mouth crying fool, can't regret what you don't remember. Picking fights and being rude You can't regret What you don't remember You can't regret what you forget Till someone calls you up And tell you a little story All about yourself You might regret What you don't remember Elephant in the room and a monkey on your lap Squirrel in your arm and you're laying on your back You can't regret what you don't remember Yes! All right. A country music classic if ever I heard one. You can't forget. You can't regret. You can't regret what you don't, what you can't remember. It's still a work in progress, you know. It's the, good. What you, Andrew? I think, I think you just came up with a with a rhyme there. The, you can't regret what you do forget. There you go. Okay. You, yeah, you. Is can't. that another good line? <laughs> Write it down. Um, yeah, no, that that's in the song. You can't regret what you forget till someone go. calls you up. There it is. Oh, yeah, that is really. Oh, I love that. What do you think? So. Yeah, it's I great. That that's great. I, I love I love uh, country songs where the the hook is just the fucking like love it already. Yeah, you know? it's perfect. I would have yeah. all you all back every show. This is just a great bunch of people. We, we get tired of ourselves. I'm having a great time. Yeah. But yeah. You yeah. think eventually we'd have to invite someone else? I could, I could do else. one more with you fuckers, but that's Okay, <laughs> and that's going to be it. All right, well, let's organize that. That's the end of Happy Hour for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. All uh, right, thanks my, for having us. It's been great to have you. John Hackett hey, from the John Hackett yeah. Band, Megan Harwell, it's and Joe Toman on his third, fourth drink. How many is that you've had now? Uh, I started a little early today, actually. Yeah. I, I got my time squ- switched up today, so I ended up showing up here an hour early. That was two drinks nice in. Work. Yeah, and then it was and a couple of drinks in. Three drinks in, five. Charcuterie drink. plate was great. Oh, that's nice drinks. here. The food's great yeah. here at, uh, at Wayfair. So you're up to um, f- five gins. Yeah. That's almost two liters, which is a bucket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's a great way <laughs> and to go And he brings it full circle. Yeah, and that's it. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. That's Happy Hour for this week. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh as our music director. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. We can also check out many more happy hours. There's also other shows we make here at INO Broadcasting. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace. True to the game with the fabulous Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canata. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, Milo's Music. Music pilot with Kim Vu and the revolutionary new way to buy a house in New Orleans, unlisted Norwell. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and also a bunch of other time sucking social media. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show 
BehindTheNewOrleans.com and on our Facebook and Google Plus pages that no one even goes to, not even people who work at Google. Those photos are taken today by the fabulous Alison Moon from Lafayette, who's sitting over there on the phone and taking photos at the same time. If you're listening to this show on iTunes or on Stitcher or some other podcast app you prefer, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you can, to stop everything right now and rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich, fine booze into a glass, and brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Happy Hour is a production of I Know Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, who's back from the UK for a while, welcome home. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.